You've been listening to the podcast, the new author, Uncle Michon, I'm Not Your Black, from Louisville, Kentucky. This conversation, the family, you're my family. Go ahead, Goldie, and, yeah. uh, and, and, and drop what you guys said about it. you seen the movie, Django. You know what? I, I said that I wasn't going to watch that movie. You never seen it? No. Well, Jamie Foxx had this nice velvet coat on, suit coat, with this big mm -hmm. ruffly shirt, and he rode into the plantation, you know, with this with this outfit on. And then mm -hmm. at some point, he got off the horse with a whip and whooped the crap mm -hmm. out, of, out, of, out of the slave driver. And that's what mm -hmm. reminds me. He rode into college basketball, you know, with 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 his own style, and then mm -hmm. he took his whip out and he whooped the mess out of the establishment. And they can't stand it. They can't mm -hmm. stand it. And they wanted Dion to come in and play the way they say play, talk the way they say talk, you know, mm -hmm. treat the players the way they say treat the players. Where Dion comes in with a swag, Dion has always been like this. If you look back at when he was in high school and when he was in college, Dion had come in with a swag. He's got his sunglasses on during press conferences, got his hat cocked over to the side. He knows how to talk. Right. He knows these kids' culture. 98% of these college football coaches are older white men that have no clue how to speak to these kids the way Dion do. And it's making them nervous. It's making them nervous because where do you think these kids want to go and go want to play for if Colorado keep winning? Mm. They want to play for Dion. Yeah. And Dion, not only is he making them good football players, he's making them good men. He wants them to yeah, be good now men. Yeah, tell that story. That's, I mean, uh, when off the air you said something, uh, Goldie, that's why I thought but I wanted when, to have when you. When Dion was at uh, – yeah. Jackson State, you know, he finds out who has children on his football team. And he brings the boys in and he counsels them on being good fathers to their children and makes sure that they're being good fathers to their children. You know, he said he, he's building men and, and he, he invests in these young men where, you know, they don't know how to handle somebody like Dion. You know, he doesn't get in front of the camera at the press conference and be all – uh, polite and, 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 you know, just like when the, uh, the reporters, they were talking bad about him and Dion reminded him on national TV, you know, and when he asked the one guy, he said, do you believe now? And the guy, wow. he, right, he said, do you believe now? And wow. the guy that brushed him off said, uh, said, uh, he said something else. Dion looked at him, he said, next question, which is somebody else. He's like, you don't believe you still don't believe. Yeah, you know, he, he, he's who he is. They don't like it. Mm -hmm. They don't like it. And they want to get that Negro. So, they want to. So that ties right into the reason why I wanted to have this conversation, man, because the the, the times are changing, man. And, and, you know, it ties into I'm not your black America. Uh, uh, our demographics of men are not playing like it was all those who were born before 1960. You know, all of us born after 1960 and everything, uh, we just see things differently. I mean, we we, we just coming at it differently and everything. Uh, I, I was explaining to someone that uh, I just said, I don't know if you see the email I sent out, Leonard. Uh, I go that you're not on. I don't have I don't have your email. Go. You need to just text me your email and everything. I want to send you some. But uh, uh, Leonard, did you see the email I sent talking about I had an epiphany? No, I didn't see it. I, I, I've not looked at my email. You know, the epiphany ties into it ties into what Deion Sanders is doing, but not just Deion Sanders, but a lot of us are coming into our own. My epiphany when I was working in the operating room, man, and I'm sitting up there, and it was after I read, you know, Noah Shelton book, I'm not your America's little black book, you know, what he was talking about. I'm not, you know, we're not black, we're not Negroes, we're not African Americans. And Leonard, as I was in the in the operating room. Uh, the epiphany came to me. Someone said something crazy to me. Somebody, you know, somebody said something crazy to me. And I and I responded right back to him, like, you know, who I am. 
And what I realized, there was no mob coming to get me. There was not going to be no mob coming at my house. What I realized, I didn't need my mama to come and defend me. What I realized, I didn't need my wife to come defend me. Hey, I didn't need no black, no black woman to come defend me. I was able to speak my truth and speak it the way that I wanted to say it with no consideration of any repercussion was about to happen like all those born before 1960. Do y'all follow what I'm saying? That's why I really like the story about Deion Sanders, what he's doing. See, everybody thought that he should have been just a good Negro, okay? Stay and help Jackson State, okay? You know, stay in your place, dude. You know, help them, okay? Because they need help. But he didn't do that. He went and he went after was something that he thought he needed to do because you know why? Because we can now. We can. Why should he, he why should he have stayed in a in an area when he knew he could advance himself? Y'all follow me, Leonard. You see where I'm going with this? I think these are the times when I say I'm not your black America. I am not the usual. I'm not what you were used to. I'm not that that same ideology point of view. I just want to be a good Negro and don't want to cause no problems. Nah, I want to cause all type of problems, okay? I want to stir up all type of stuff, okay? And do it with a sense of dignity. You know, Leonard, uh, someone saw my interview. Have, have, did you, have you seen, have you, neither one of y'all seen my interview with uh, Don G on Wave 3? Have no, y'all seen that yet? Uh-oh, not yet, not yet, no. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, Don G is a local out of Wave 3 here in Louisville, Kentucky. And um, the interview that I did, you know, I'm just being me short. I mean, I thought I was just being me short, but she asked me a question. And being I have already dealt with her before, and, her, and I know her personality, when, I, when she asked me the question, I spoke and said what I said, and by the end of that conversation and everything, when it went off the air, Don G said to me, Goldie, she said, me, Sean, you spoke so well. You said it so, I mean, you, 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 and, you know, it was like she was shocked. <laughs> what was she expecting you to sound like? I mean, I said it to a couple of my other friends who know. But see, there's a little history. I mean, there's something about it. The the Don G that you see on TV and Don G that you see off the air. All I'm going to say, they had to say. Okay. So I got to see the Don G off air. And when that camera, five, four, three, two. One, bam! She turned into a whole new person. <laughs> well, hey, why, why do you think she has to? That's why she's in that position that she's in. You know, she has to be able to. She has to be able to speak white folk with the camera running, and then when the cameras ain't, ain't running, she speaks Negro. <laughs> oh, you and you. What you said when we got off the air because there was an incident that took place. I don't care. It was an incident that took place. She turned, she went back to her Negro and she was talking all good and crazy with bad information. And then I had to check her. Oh, 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 wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. I had to check her, but she went, hey, Leonard, Leonard, you know me enough. You I see the smile. You know, you know, I gave her like, oh, 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 you, you need to really back in, sister girl. You need to really back in. You know, there's a there's a there's actually a term for that. It's called code switching. That's yeah. what she was doing. She was code switching. You know, back in the day, if you if you if you young if you old enough and you remember, back in the day when your parents would answer the phone when like the light bill person or the whoever, oh, you know, they had to put the they had to put the white business voice on. Right? <laughs> you know, now they talk to their friends one way, but then you put the white business voice. Hello, yes, this is Mr. Walker. Yes, I hear you. Oh, so. <laughs> So that you have to code switch because you have to put your bit, have to put your business voice on. So, so 
That's that's yeah. I so, know what you're talking about, Coast. <laughs> hey, hey, we all have tried. Hey, go, hey, go. Come on, go. You done code switch. Come on, go. You know, you know. This time made me think about something. When I was married, we'd be riding down the highway, and my ex-wife could have just got done cussing me out about something. Her phone ring, and she'll get she turn into a white woman from Great Britain, and I'm down. I'm just looking like, who is this? <laughs> she can go from from she go from Shanae May to Sally Jennings in no time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Post hey, they they talk. That's what we have to do about as you know. We got to be a chameleon, you know. Shoot, think about think about our think about our elders who came before us and everything. How they had to how they had to shine in front of Miss Miss Master, okay, just to get things done. You know what I'm talking about? You know. Well, yeah, we, I mean, we got we got a history of code switching. I mean, we have to. You have well, to code switch. You have to to survive. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. You know, I mean, we co most of us code switch now when we, when we, when, I mean, once you get older, that's like me now. I don't code switch. What you see is what you get. Right. Yeah, I, I don't, the way I, I, the way I, I talk is, yeah. yeah, the way I talk is the way I talk. That's just like, you know, but before, you know, you did most, most of the time you're going to code switch is talking to the police. The police pull you over, you get ready to code switch. Officer, um, um, do you know why I'm pulling you over? No, officer, I have no idea. Yeah, see, so, you know, <laughs> with me. But you know what? With, but see, some of the young dudes don't know nothing about that code switch. See, they, that, that's their damn problem, okay? Some yeah. of them get themselves in trouble because they don't know how to code switch. They think it's being a sellout. They think it's, they think you, they think you being some 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 suck up or some sambo, but all you trying to do is get home. All right, you 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 trying all to make things to the, yeah. To do, yeah, you you just trying to get home without the drama and everything, right? So right. I'm glad that you actually I ain't heard that terminology really in a long time. Code switching. Yeah, I hope my I hope my producer, you know, we're gonna have to talk about code switching because see, a lot of us have code switched to get things done. But a lot of us today need to code switch to get our ass home instead of trying to act all stupid and ignorant and hand it. Come on, Gold, you know what I'm talking about. Because yeah, we got some yeah. dumb, stupid, ignorant crap on, going on. You on the internet every day. You know, brothers want to keep right. real with the police. But now, these hardcore or the hardcore, they code switch as soon as they get in court. <laughs> As soon as they get to that, that black robe on, they cold switch. You know? Yeah. When they know he's about to hand down that sentence, you know, they hey, they get real spiritual. Get to writing poems and <laughs> singing the hymnals in the courtroom. I ain't never seen nothing like it. <laughs> or the interrogation room when they're like, hey, look, you're you going to go down for a murder. They cold switch real quick and sound like Luther Vandross and get to singing. So, yeah. Everybody does it. You know, hey, Leonard, when the mayor comes around, me, Sean Cole, switches. Oh, my God. No, I think the... No, no, you have to twist it. Maybe I, they're... Okay, maybe I they're... Because my wife, you... you I actually, you call you got that one because my wife, because Jackie, she saw me one time, the mayor. She knows me and uh, Mayor Fisher. I didn't like Mayor Fisher. I mean, and, and I used to give him a hard time and everything. So one time we was out, we was out, and uh, she saw the mayor come up to me, and I was talking to him and everything. And after the mayor left, she said, "Now, what was that? <laughs> what do you mean?" She said, "I just saw you talk about him like, like you talk about him in such a crazy way, but you were so nice." That say that was code switching. But <laughs> mm. yeah. The young guys now, they code switch in reverse. Okay, what they do is the police come around, they get harder. You know, now they be like, you know, now you become a lawyer, you become, you know, I know my rights, I know this, I know that, oh, I know yeah, so and yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. See, Don't see, so, 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 you know, what, what, what the whole thing is just like I tell these young guys, they listen, you know, you get stopped by the police, all right, driving, if you speed it, 
if you are speeding. If you've been speeding, okay, um, then, you know, like I said, or you've done some, some sort of traffic, you know, illegal traffic maneuver, right? You do not have to admit to anything, okay? But one of the things that police are trying to find out is if you're trying to be deceptive, right? Right. So, so this is when, you know, the whole point of getting stopped is how quickly can I make this encounter go away, right? How, how, how fast can I make this over with? Because I don't want, I don't want, I don't know if this guy is nervous or afraid or if this is his first time. He could be a new officer, you know, and, and, and you be afraid, be afraid of black people or, you know, so, so like I said, it's, it's, I want this encounter to go smooth and quickly as possible. So don't do a whole lot of talking. Answer the question. Be compliant. Take your ticket. Fight it in court. Get you a lawyer. That sort of thing, you know. See, so or just don't speed or don't, you know, don't do things to get yourself. You know, like I said, is I'm, you know, my my wife got a layup foot, and she don't ever get caught. My luck, I'll get caught. <laughs> So, so like I said, I don't I don't mess around too much. I don't speed. I don't do a bunch of different stuff, you know, in traffic. Now I can I did come home one day, and they were doing a traffic stop, a license check in front of my house, right in front of my house. And the officer pulled up to me. I showed him my license. I said, "You see the address on here?" Now get all of these people from out of my driveway in front of my house, so I get home. <laughs> <laughs> he just started laughing because yeah, I was right. This is my house, <laughs> and you're in front of it. See, so, hey. so yeah. <laughs> hey, you do know that those license checks like that—they're not constitutional, right? Right. You don't have to show your license. Basically, what they're saying is, let me see your papers. Yeah, see, let me see right. your papers. Let me see your papers. Right. They have to have a re reasonable suspicion that you are committing a crime or about to commit a crime. But you know. right, right. Now, I've not seen too many of them before. I mean, lately here, I don't know right. if, you know, if, if because they don't have enough resources or what the deal is, but I, I've, I've not seen, it's been a couple of years since I've yeah, seen I, I a, a traffic stop. Yeah, that I don't see him. Now, we do have this nuisance guy in our and I, and I, uh, cul-de-sac and everything that uh, this cop, he sits on the side and you know, it is a stop sign. And everybody pulls a stop, okay? But you know, you know, everybody do the moving stop, okay? You know, and, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. And every time they someone do it, he pulls them over and giving the ticket. I mean, he's be. I mean, I like dude. I mean, he in her early in the morning. I mean, you can hear the segment, dude. Go somewhere else. What you doing, man? Hey, you know what he's doing? He's getting his. He's getting his quota. First thing, yes. <laughs> yes. first thing in yes. the morning. Yes. First thing in the morning, get his quota. Now he can go out. Now he can go out somewhere where ain't a whole lot of traffic and get trail for the rest of the day until yeah, he gets called. Yeah, yeah. Drive around. Yeah. Hey, and let me, let me. So you know, before I move into this other area here, uh, uh, so he caught me. He caught the last time. He it's two times. Well, he actually caught me three times. So yeah, he caught me three times. The first time he got me, we was doing COVID. And no court was going on, and they throw it out. I mean, I like they throw it out. They they, they wouldn't have no court today, right? So that one went away. Uh, 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 the second time he got, I just went in. Like, I didn't even fuss with him. Uh, the third time he got me, man, I was pissed dude, because I was hot, bro. But the brother, and he's a brother too, walked over there, and I, you know what? You gave me the terminology. I cope. Now listen. I just went ahead and chilled them. <laughs> I said, I just went ahead. All right. And I didn't argue with him in that or and nothing. And he said, you know, I said, go ahead. Give me right the ticket, man. Just go ahead. I said, I'm not <laughs> even going. I ain't even go through it. I'm not even go through it with you. <laughs> hey, listen up. I'm going to take this somewhere. Hey, Goldie, this should be, this. this, this you're going to like this one here. Uh, yeah, go and and Leonard has already chimed in on this uh, 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 in another area here, but I want to read exactly what I said and everything because woof, it got it has gotten multiple responses from this here. 
and said so. And I, I've been having so much fun with it and everything. So here it is. Here you go. Here you go. Black women, the most privileged women in America, having a status as queen, a game for chess, but they haven't made or demonstrated the best chess moves for their king in America. So, uh, uh, that has stirred up some conversation, bro. Let me say it to you. I say black women are the most privileged in America compared to all other women. Mm. And, and their privileged status, they have not used it properly to know how to best make good moves for their kings here in America. All right. Who want to take it? Who won't go there? Hmm. <laughs> uh, hey, you'd be better off talking about homosexuals than black women. <laughs> you, you can't say nothing about a black woman. You can't talk about their bad behavior. You can't say nothing about a black you, woman. You went right there, go. You are absolutely. You can't bring up no flaws in them at all. I mean, no. they act like they walk on nothing they do is to be chastised, called out, said anything about. And when you do it, you are made out to be something like, nah, I'm calling you out on your nonsense. No, okay? they, they, got these, they got these new words that they wasn't using two years ago. They call you a narcissist. They'll call you toxic. You know, you can't. Now, they can have whole talk shows and podcasts and talk about how the black man ain't nothing. About how we ain't Jack. But as soon as one person, Kevin Samuels, God rest his soul, came out and held a mirror up to black American women, they flipped their wig. He told them the truth. They didn't like it. They hated him. You know, and they would call in and ask him to rate them as men. And when he'd give them a manly rating, because men rate off what they see, we don't give a damn about right. your personality. You know, we how you look, how your body shape. And he tells them, oh, how you're, you're average. They yeah. get mad. And you can't say nothing about a black woman or to them. It's sickening. Nah. It really is. Was it, was it him that said, he said, you want you know, he, he at one time he asked, so what is you looking for in a man? Okay. And the woman gave all this crap about what she's looking for. And he asked, you got kids? And he, she said, he said, yeah. He said, he ain't like, that man you just talking about, he ain't looking at you? Nope. Here's here's the thing. It's in normal tradition, normal tradition, I'm going to say in African tradition, men critique and hold other men accountable, and women critique and hold women accountable, right? Right. Now, now men, we hold each other accountable, right? I mean, right. we don't make no excuses for Pookies and Ray Rays and no, and, no, and, not, and, and, uh, no, the, not at all. Yeah, we don't, we, we don't make. Matter of fact, we don't associate them. I don't, I don't associate with you know, do rag Pants sagging, you know. I don't, I don't associate. And the thing is, I can't correct. I can correct them, but my correction is not going to be effective. Not more effective than a woman is. If a woman says, "I, I don't want to be with a man with his pants sagging down," guess what? Men are going to pull their pants up because women are the gatekeepers of sex, and that's what men want. If you want to have sex with me, you're gonna take a do rag off. You're gonna pull your pants up. You're going to dress accordingly. You're going to treat me well. You're going to do this. You're going to do that in order to, to have me. <clears throat> Men will respond all They day will long. respond. They'll respond. A man will respond better to that than another man trying to chastise because that's going to cause a fight. So it's like, all right, you want to go off and, you know, be, be thugomatic? Go ahead. All right. Then, you know, we're just going to leave you alone. Hey. Right? But the problem you have with, with women is you got these young girls out here rapping, all right? And I see them. I don't mention their name, right? Because you see them. 
right? You got these young girls out here rapping, promoting this thought in horror culture, right? And nobody, okay, none of the women are correcting these young ladies. Say, hey, listen, this hey. is this is not how you're supposed to be. Thank you, right? Honey. So, 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 exactly. so, where are elder women that just supposed to be correcting? Now, like I said, is these young guys? I, I, I'm a neighborhood. I'm a neighborhood dad. That means that every young man in my neighborhood that I see young enough, I'm his father. Okay. Right. Whether I'm his father or not. And I'm his father in the sense that, hey, young man, this is not how you're supposed to look. This is not how you're exactly. supposed to carry yourself. You cannot conduct business with pajama pants on. Right. Nobody <laughs> will take you serious. All right. You can't you can't do that kind of stuff. You want right. to be you want to be taken seriously as a man. Present yourself as a man. I'll tell any right. young man that, and I now I'm seeing young men wearing bonnets. I'm like, no, yeah. take take that S H I T off in front of me. We're not having no bonnet wearing me. Talking about some talking about some. Well, I don't want the my hair to be exposed to the elements. Well, Dude, what elements? That's that's the type of that's the type of thinking. That's how women think. No, that's not how men think. Men don't care about no that It can rain. You know, on your right. hair, <laughs> right? What you what you got a Jerry curl or something? <laughs> you know, see, so so like I so like I said, is 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 you know, hey, is, is, there's no balance there. All right, and right. that's what's happening. Is men getting frustrated? Have you heard Go the ahead. song downtown? I've heard about it. I've not listened yeah. to well, it. Well, that's one of the hottest songs on the radio right now. Mm -hmm. And what when played and there's black women around these educated, these sorority sisters and all of that, when they play Pound Town, oh, they go nuts, they run to the to the dance floor. Now this song's on the radio, Michonne, and you got two little ratchet gutter snipes. One of the part of the lyrics in this song is my coochie's pink and my butthole's brown. They say it like two or three song, times in the song. And Black women go crazy for this song. But these same black women that don't say nothing about this filth that these little young heifers that they raised. Right. They'll get on podcasts and talk about how we ain't shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and 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 they more you don't never you don't see no other group of women, no Hispanic women. Uh, white women, you don't see none of them say, "Hey, I'm a strong, independent Latina woman." You but never these, hear it. Have you ever heard it? These black women, they'll get online and say, "You know, uh, uh, I ain't got time for nobody if I'm paying my own bills." And I, yeah, I'm a strong, independent black woman. I pay, black woman, I pay my own I bills. Don't need a You're man. an adult. You're an adult. You don't get a pat on the back for doing adult stuff. And a lot of these black women want to. They want a pat on the back for doing basic shit. I'm over these modern uh, females. I ain't even gonna call them women. It's trash <laughs> out here. It is. It, it's sickening. That's adult why adult females. All they bring is a fat butt and multiple Negroes kids to the table. That's all they bring. Right. And I, other I got caught up with that, and it cost me. You know, but I learned. I learned cute face, round butt, and multiple baby daddies. Mm. Mm. Well, Proof wrong. I learned also. I my first wife. Um, you know, I, I you know before I before I kicked it with my first wife, I would you know I, I had this older woman. You know, she was a, she was an older woman. She was thirteen years older than me in Germany. She was from Ohio and everything. Track butter. I'm gonna say her name, Double Butterfield. Okay, Whew. <laughs> we messed around and went to hey, we messed around and went to Spain. You know, me and her went, we went to Spain, Barcelona, and she got sick. But she said, Baby, there's no sense of both sitting here in, in here in the hotel and everything. You go ahead and go have a good time. Well, you know, she might have she, she, she regretted that <laughs> because, <laughs> brother. 
I went I went into Barcelona. I mean, I I, I had never been there. And hey, listen, I messed around, didn't come back. I didn't come back to the hotel till three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, dude. I, I mean, I was just having a good time. Now I didn't screw nobody. I did nothing crazy like that. But brother, what I did do, what what I did, I had I just, I had a lot of drink and a lot of time to think. And the whole time I was thinking, I started realizing I'm twenty six. She's thirteen years older than me. Hmm. I turned forty. She's gonna be fifty. So. Because I had already given her reign. I mean, I'm going to just say to you, Goldie, I feel you because do I need to tell you she was, did I, did I tell you she's an older woman? And I did yeah. tell her I was 26, right? Do I need to tell you why I was happy with her? I mean, I was real happy with her. I mean, she, she knew. Oh, brother, brother. She, bro, 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 bro. Oh, my God. But, but. Going to Barcelona caused me to reevaluate that, okay? And so when we got back to post, I I, I, I dropped her off. I said, no, nah, we can't do it. And I messed around. I'm only saying that story because I messed around and, you know, and dropped her during the winter months. You, you've been to Germany. I've been to Germany. You, you know, there's a few so, things that we say in, in overseas, okay? The most ugliest women, okay, overseas got to make. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> most ugliest sister. I mean, I don't care. My most ugliest sister. Who got a mate overseas? Okay, hey, because majority brothers, you know, especially over in Korea, they like it. Uh, sister start looking real. <laughs> sister start looking real. Hey, so is it kind of like the, is it kind of like the end of the night phenomenon in the club? <laughs> <laughs> the later it gets, the prettier the sister. <laughs> so my my first wife, I, she falls in that category. She wasn't that bad, but this <laughs> at this moment, I had just broke up with my girl. I thought I was gonna marry, and it was the winter month. I'm just kind of tired to tell the whole story. It was the winter month. You don't go through the winter months with, and I had my own crib and everything. You don't go through the winter month without a winter. You know, what you call a bed warmer. Right? Mm. <laughs> you better yeah, get so- cashed. <laughs> you better get cashed. <laughs> but my point is, is that I overlooked a whole lot of stuff to get through all that. And, <clears throat> and then I remember my partner, because he also had a bed warmer. We laughed about it because he didn't do- he didn't marry the one that he he messed around and married the woman that we both laughed at. We both divorced him. He's back in the States, Robert. I love Robert. Robert said, Me, Misha, you know we both should have not married who we married. I said, Yeah, bro. He said, But, bro, we did what we did. But we got back to the States. We divorced him. <laughs> divorced him. But in the point of that, my point is, is that I discovered that all she was doing is trying to get a paycheck, dude. I mean, all she wanted in me is a paycheck because I learned that I, I was sterile. I wasn't, you know, I also discovered uh, doing projects, you know, I remember the urologist came along and told me how I was sterile. I, I laughed because, Goldie, literally, I remember the number of sisters that was asked. I mean, I remembered this too. Yo, yo, me, me, Sean, can you get, can you have babies? You know how many times that you think I done jumped in? You know, I done jumped in a few times, right? What were they asking me, Leonard? What were they, they were trying to find out? Hey, they was they was wondering about getting a check with some benefits. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed when I learned that I was sterile, man. I thought, oh my God. The joke was on it. I guess I was having fun and they was trying to they was trying they was trying to have they was trying to get an ID card. So you were shooting up I, the club and missing everybody. Huh? You were shooting up the club and missing everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you got that right. Hey, fellas, the reason why I'm bringing that up because more of these women know what they're doing, but many of our brothers, the young brothers, don't know what the hell going on. Many of these sisters set these guys up knowing, knowing what they're doing 
just so they can entrap them. And, they, and you know, they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about how do you have four different children with four different men and you didn't know. How do you do that? How do you do that, Leonard? How do you do that, Goldie? And then you're going to sit around and talk about that no good man. Men ain't shit, but you got four baby daddies. So you know how you, you know how you, you you know how you take care of that, right? What has to happen is 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 the the child support system has to change. Thank and, you. And 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 the, and the AFDC system has to change. If a man is married to a woman, and he leaves his wife and kids, she needs to get child support and alimony. Okay, because they were married, they had children. He was building a family, and he broke his family up. She deserves all of that. If you was a one night stand, right, and you got with somebody and got pregnant behind that, then you might have to work that out for yourself between you and that man. The state shouldn't have anything to do with it. So it's a sliding scale. So guess what happens? Guess if, if women know that they can't get, all right, child support, AFDC, all of this, guess what happens? Now you get become selective. Those you get your, up, right? Yeah, who you up, give right? yourself. Who you give your sex to? Because, like I said, is women are the gatekeepers of sex. They control that, right? They control who they give sex to, not men, right? See, men so, don't so control like, it. Men exactly control right. who we. Men control marriage. We control who we marry, right? That we women control, control who we marry. Exactly. Yeah, women. Women control who they give sex to. So, like I said, is and but that's a good thing. If, if that were to happen now, all of a sudden, these behaviors would change. If I'm not getting anything. And then it's hard, you know, it's, it's difficult. Raising a child with one parent is extremely difficult. It's right? extremely hard. Now, so, Leonard, so, why uh, hasn't mm -hmm. nobody thought, I mean, that seems so easy to do. Because why this is a because this is a plan to break the family up. I understand it caused strife and struggle among the family. You, you see, hey, you seen that video I sent you with Lyndon B. Johnson talking about? Yeah. The, in, the intentional things that were done. This was that was something back in like 1968, 1967. Right. Yeah, him giving that 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 speech about you know how crucial the, the family unit is. Right. So they would. So this is over 50 50 years ago. They're already talking. About, they were talking about destroying our family structures. All right. That like I said is through through everything that has been done to our people. Right. We've always been resilient. We've always bounced back. But this is the one thing that we're having a hard time bouncing back from. Is it, it is major, it's a major, <clears throat> it's very hard to jump back to to resiliently come back from a dysfunctional family that's gone six and seven decades. OK, of dysfunction. I mean, bro, I mean, I'm for I mean, just keep it real. I mean. Uh, I feel fortunate. I'm the elder. I'm the oldest of my mother's child. Okay, and uh, I've been able to turn things around and and make things different for my family and everything. And I've been able to turn some things for my children, those children that I adopted, and my wife. You know, and we live in comfortable. I feel bad for those that. I think it takes, let me see if you agree with this, Leonard. I've been thinking about these numbers here. For all you who's listening to this, I want you to understand, you need to consider these numbers I'm going to put out here. Let me see if Leonard agree with this. I believe it takes 20 to 30 years once you really understand how to improve yourself and get your life and quality together. I think you got to give yourself 20 to 30 years to really, to really put whatever that plan is, uh, you know, live under your means, uh, you know, if you're going to be married, be married, you know, uh, become a homeowner, you know, learn how to save and invest, you know, learn how to, you know, plan for the future, live under your means and everything. I truly believe, and I'm only talking and saying that because I think I, I am an example of that. I got out of the military, you know, and I had, you know, I had got out of the military with a divorce and with a $275,000 in debt. Uh, bankruptcy, you know, um, when my wife met me, uh, I had filed bankruptcy and everything. My credit score was under 500. I mean, brother, I was, you know, I was not good at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, and my wife, you know, you know, a man pick a wife, 
okay? I, I, I picked a good wife who really came along and uh, I, I had making good money and everything, but I had made some bad choices and everything. So I had to build at them. And I will tell you, 20 to 30 years, I was able to turn that thing around by making new decisions and making new choices and everything. So do you think 20 to 30 years is a good number uh, to, to say that uh, uh, if you work it within that 20 to 30 years, okay, you could turn some things around and make your life better? So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. I would say it takes 20 years if you start out blank. All right, no bad credit, no this, no that. You right. know, you start out, you start out okay. blank going to school, right? And you start out with doing the right things. You know, you'll be making some mistakes along the way, but doing the right things. You start out, you know, because when when you start out in your 20s, you don't have a whole lot of money. You're poor. You're not right. making right. as much. But if you start out with the good habits first, it'll take you 20 years to get to a place to where, you know, you you, you're pretty comfortable. Yeah, you're pretty right. comfortable. You're secure. If you start out in the negative, meaning that you, meaning that you know you done made some mistakes, you done filed bankruptcy, you done, right. your credit is bad, you got repossessions, you got evictions, you got all this. Right. It'll take you 30 years to change that around. See, so, so like I said, it's, it's it can be changing. I like what you just said there. So what do you think the first 20 years is a good contributor coming out of a, a good home that maybe your parents, you saw something? Because you have to, to be able to have those good habits at age 20 moving forward, you got to have got them somewhere. You just don't wake up and knowing how to do that. So you think coming out of a household, because say I didn't come out of a household that, passed on good behaviors and financially and knowing what to do. I had to learn all that once I got into the military and I did. So I went, I wasted 20, I wasted 20 years. I mean, I did 21 years in the military and I came out. I'm fortunate. Okay. I'm fortunate. The best thing happened to me that I did put 21 years in the military and everything. And, and then found myself a good MOS becoming a surgical technologist. I'm fortunate that I was able to find a career after the military that was able to pay me well, that that next 20 to 30 years, I was able to turn some things around. So you follow what I'm saying, Leonard? See, my first mm -hmm. 20, year, 20 years, I swandered that, bro. I mean, I listen to that. I, I, I listen. I jacked that thing all up, okay? I mean, so right, right. Do you think coming out of the household with your parents, do you and, think and quality family that you come out of can improve your first 20 years, yes or no? I mean, what you think? Definitely, if you come from a good household where there is some financial literacy, right, <laughs> you definitely will have a leg up. But that's been our problem is we as a people have not been taught, all right, financial. We are just now at an age of financial literacy. Just now, right? Where, where you know, Just I mean, now. you know, I mean, we make jokes about it, you know, you know, about how we pay bills late and oh, it's not due till you get the pink notice and all of this kind of stuff. And I don't have to pay my cable bill. I can go two months without paying my cable bill, or you know, right. all that. I can right. go, you know, two months without paying my electric bill. Yeah, we meanwhile, make jokes that's, about it. Meanwhile, that's damaging your credit, right? So, so, so like I said, it's it's. Coming from a household where you have a mother and father that could, you know, with their adult children, when their adult children run into some stuff, they can sit them down and say, listen, you know, I'm not chastising you, but I'm going to tell you like this. You didn't grow up that way. You've always saw me pay bills. You've always saw us do this. You've always, and I told you to do this. I told you to do that. You, you, right. you never grew up, never grew up in a house where the lights was getting cut off or what, no food in the refrigerator. Or we have to wonder what was you so know, where what, you get that content from? Yeah, right, right. So you yeah, 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 yeah. See, now if so, if you if you did not grow up in that household, right? Where or if you grew up in the household where the lights was getting cut off, where bills were being paid late, where you don't know where Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner is coming from, but you got to rob Peter to pay Paul and you know sell blood for gas money and all that kind of stuff. If you did grow up in that household, your first twenty years, your first twenty years is gonna be rough. Okay, it's gonna, because, because you're gonna, gonna be trying. 
Right. You got to try to figure it out. You're trying to figure out how this all works, how this game you works. Mess around <laughs> and, it, and I'm, I'm talking to men. I'm not even talking. I, I'm being very clear. Anybody listening to this conversation? I ain't even talking to women. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking to women at all right now. I'm specifically talking to young, young men. Okay. Young mm. men. If you come out of a household that you didn't have no financial literacy at all, and then you mess around and get someone pregnant, okay? Oh my God. You have now put yourself in a pathway that if you don't, if you haven't even learned what it is that you're trying to accomplish it, you will swander 20 years of trying to work, trying to figure it out. And I just, and I'm speaking, and I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking, and I didn't even, the thing is, I'm fortunate that I didn't, that I've been keeping 100 with you all on this line here. I'm fortunate that I don't have a lot of mama drama babies in there because I was, you know, Leonard, I'm just keeping it real, bro. I was a hoe. I was a male hoe, dude. I, mean, I was out there. I mean, I ain't even gonna, I ain't even gonna, I ain't even gonna lie about it, brother. I'm fortunate that God uh, made me sterile, bro. I'm just gonna speak and speak. Well, <laughs> speak one hundred, okay? Because well, had like, I not, yeah, if like I had you, not like, been like sterile, you, right? Like you were saying, is is if you can't take care of yourself, yeah. right? You come from a situation where you don't really know, understand how to take care of yourself, and you fall into the predatory traps that they have out here. And you get somebody pregnant, you can't take care of yourself and you can't take care of a child. Okay. And you're living in a separate household. So if you're not with the woman, and this this is why I tell all young people, I say, listen, don't become a parent before you become a spouse. Right? Mm. Don't do it. Be because because that's the easiest thing you can do, right? There is not become a parent before you become a spouse. And that don't mean not you know, having sex or, or being intimate. All right. That just means that, hey, listen, take some precautions, because if you ain't ready, like I said, if this is not the person you're trying to, you know, settle down with, then okay. don't have a baby with them. All right. Because yeah. now you tied to them forever and you end up regretting and hating that person. And you living in one household, she living in another household and y'all, you know, you got to split. You know, now you taking care of another household. See, so, so yeah, don't put yourself in there. Although nowadays, you know, young guys nowadays, people still do what they do, but nowadays they have more information. You know, that's that's the key to what's going on now is people have more information at a younger age. Even if you grew up in a household where, you know, things weren't the best, all right? You know, even if you did it, you still have information out there. Now you have something to say, I may not know how to be, but I don't know how not to be, right? right. I, I, I can say to myself, never will I ever have my lights cut off. Never will I ever yeah, be able to open a refrigerator. All right, never will I open a refrigerator and not have food in it, okay? You know, never will I, you know, have my gas cut off or, you know, have a car repossessed. You know, these are things you say, so, what do I have to do in order to get myself in that position, right? You know, and there's information out here now that can teach young people that if they can't get it from their parents. So, you know, this is a good, this is, we're in the age of information now. So, you know, a lot of these so, kids don't have too many excuses. So we are coming at the bottom of the hour and everything. And I want to go ahead and close out and go. They want you to give some good, you know, learn lessons to some of the people, you know, because we, we don't, covered a few things here, but I want to, I want to, I, I definitely want to leave this one here about if we can get young males, you know, young males who want to become men, okay, uh, uh, getting out here, handling you in. Maybe you already done made some bad mistakes, but you can turn it around. But I will say, if you are under 40, now, obviously, if you under 50 still, you can still turn around because you got 20 years, you still got 20 years, 30 years, and potentially turn it around. But if you are 50 and 60 and you still out there doing yeah. some crazy, stupid stuff, I, I, hey, listen, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you, okay? I, I really don't.
don't know what to tell you, okay? Uh, uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have a rough life, okay? Uh, uh, when you get my age, I'm 62 years old. Had I not turned some things around 30 years ago, I would not be where I'm at today. I just keep it 100, okay? I hate to see anyone who's 60 years old and you ain't got your act together. I hate to see you 50 years old and you ain't got your act together. 40 years, you might still be able to turn it around. <clears throat> you might still be able to turn it around. But if you're 50 and older and you still out here playing those little boy games and crazy, ain't got your credit store jacked up, you ain't got no home, you out here going from woman to woman and whoop, 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 you still in that game? Play it here. You can go ahead and just, 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 just box it up and say, you done. Yeah, they, they ain't. Because you're not, you're going to be on the, you're going to be a good government, government assistance or, and as a man, you, you, so anyway, so here's my one advice to young fellas. Don't tap what you can't manage. If you, if you, if you can't, have, if you, if you don't understand that, ask somebody. Don't tap what you can't manage. Goldie, go ahead, get some to it. Uh, young men, there's a group of philosophers out there called BBD from the early 90s, R&B singing group. They gave the best advice that I didn't listen to. Never trust a big butt and a smile. <laughs> and that's it, you <laughs> Never trust a big bunch of smile. <laughs> it cost me about five hundred thousand dollars in child support. <laughs> hey. All right, Yo, okay. what, what's yours? Young man. Always be prepared. When you leave your house, always be prepared to handle business. You can't handle business with a bonnet on your head, a do-rag on your head with your drawers showing because your pants are pulled down, with pajama pants and house shoes on out in public, okay? You, you can't handle business. Like because yeah, yeah, nobody's going to take you seriously. People are going to think less of you. And it doesn't matter what people think, but appearances mean something and first impressions mean something. If you somebody that, you know, and this doesn't mean you got to wear a three-piece suit, shirt and right. tie and all that. What right. it means is however you wear your clothes, let them be appropriate. If you're playing basketball, shorts and a T-shirt and some sneakers is appropriate, right? If you go into the store, some jeans and a T-shirt, you know, with some sneakers on, these, this is appropriate wear, right? Because you can, people can come up to you and ask you, you got, like I said, do-rags on, bonnets on. This is sleepwear. Whenever I see people wearing sleepwear outside or got their pants down, yeah. all right, outside, and then that means that unconsciously you're comatose, all right? You're not prepared to do anything. Your brain is not engaged, and this is how people would think of you. So, like I said, appearances mean everything. You want to have dreads, you can have dreads, but as a man, show your crown. You know, let the enemy see who's defeating them. Don't hide behind a do-rag or this, that, and the other, everything. Let the enemy see your face and your hair and say, I'm the one who's beating your ass. All right. Look at me. Look at the person who did. And that's, that's, what, right. that's how man, that's how man has to think. So that's what I gotta say. And I <laughs> and, 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 and you know, I'm gonna say this as from military mentality. Don't make yourself a target that they've already identified they can eliminate before you even get there. See, you, you, when you present yourself in a manner and you go out there, and if you look like a target that they can already know how to eliminate, you are eliminated before you even get to your destination. They've already canceled you. Hey, 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 go, you and I know you want to add to that. You've already canceled, okay? You don't even have a conversation. By the time you get up on someone, by the time you get to that, you don't even have a conversation with anybody who's thinking you may have something to say because you already look like a target that someone said, look at here, 
that you don't have no conversation for me. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna buy my son a car when he was sixteen. He lives in he from right. Dan in Kentucky, small town. I was gonna buy him mm-hmm. a little Honda, something like that. That wasn't good enough. He wanted a box Chevy with some twenty four inch rims. I said, I told him that's I'm not gonna make you a target. That's what I told him. You know, black man in an old box Chevy with some 24 inch rims. I said, no, it's not gonna happen because they're gonna mess with you. You told him right. You told yeah. him right. Yeah. You told him right. I'm yep. not gonna make you a target. Okay. You already yep. making yourself a target. A target of someone that someone already said before you even get there. You know what we say in the military, bro. If you can identify the target before you get there, do you need to deal with it? Before you can wipe it out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you and we're can getting eliminated. Wiped. We're getting wiped we're getting out. Wiped out we even, a lot of us don't even realize we're getting wiped out before we even open our mouth. Before you even yep. before you even present yourself, you have already been canceled. You already been yeah uh, 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 eliminated for even getting at the table. A lot of us don't even realize. I was talking to someone, and I about a time later, I was I was on Facebook talking to someone, and by his conversation, I realized. You know what I said to him? I said by his conversation, I said, "Listen up, dude. I realize now after things you just said, we ain't not even fishing in the same waters, dude. We not even putting the same things on the bait. Matter of fact, I'm fishing in deep waters, and you don't even know." What that, matter of fact, I said, say, matter of fact, I'm sitting at tables that you don't even even know how to get to. Okay, so we can have we can cancel any more conversation here because, bro, I can already tell that you don't even know how to get to the table. That's the majority of our problem. We don't even know how to get to the table. There's a tape. There's a seat for all of us to try to. But if you don't even know how to get to the table. You don't even know how to sit at the table because you haven't learned how to fish. You haven't learned how to put some bait, how to put the right bait on the hook. You don't even know how to throw it out there in the waters and everything. And so many of us want to fish in shadow waters and everything that you don't know anything about no deep. Hey, Linda, you're a fisherman, right? You know what I'm talking about. You know, you got to know how to, you got to put the right bait on the hook. But you first got to know what you're fishing for, right? Yeah. You got you you got young people out here or people out here fishing in kiddie pools. <clears throat> they fishing in the kiddie pool instead of trying to go out to the lake or the water. Because like I said, the, the deeper the water, the bigger the prize. So like I said, and if you take that risk and have that patience and use the right things, you got to know what you're doing so you can be able to do that. And we use the analogy of fishing to basically get what you got to get in life. Right. You get what you got to get in life. You got to have chance, take chances. Now, what I'm going to say is we live in a free society where we're free to do anything. If you want to if you want to go and dress in a Batman outfit and go outside and wear that, that's fine. OK, you're free to do so. OK, but. Choose decency. OK, choose to be on code. Right. You're free to choose, make these choices. Make these choices and say, you know what? I'm going to be on code. I'm going to present myself in a way to where people know that I mean business. Okay? Nobody's, I'm not nobody's joke or nobody's thug or nobody's, and I'm not a, I'm not a clown and I'm not a criminal. Right? I'm a man. Okay? And that has to mean something. And with that being said, go. you got something to say before we close out? This has been a conversation. With my family, you're part of the family. I think we've said enough today. I think we've said enough today. Once these women get the hold of this broadcast, and you know, you're going to be canceled. So we done said enough. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and with that being said, I want to say to each and every one of you, we want to thank you for hanging out with us. I hope you found something out here that you can use because this ain't about us just talking. Matter of fact, the the brothers on this line here, uh, if don't get it, don't get it twisted. We all doing quite well, okay? Ain't nobody on here crying and whining about nobody. Matter of fact, you ain't heard nobody talking about the boogeyman, okay? Mr. Charlie ain't no boogeyman over here. My, 
I don't think nothing about no white man stopping me from doing nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Okay. I eliminated the boogeyman conversation. Matter of fact, you know what's so beautiful about the three of us, bro? Do you realize that neither one of us said anything about the white man doing anything for us? Did you catch that? Not, not, not one of us said anything about that. You know why? Because we has eliminated the boogeyman mentality, okay? Ain't no boogeyman doing anything here and preventing us from doing anything. So that's what I want to say as you close out. This has been a grown man show of some brothers who's comfortable in who they are, and the boogeyman don't live in our households at all. And this is a conversation. Dot family, welcome to the family. You've been listening to the podcast, the new author, Uncle Michonne, I'm Not Your Black, from Louisville, Kentucky. This conversation, the family, you're my family.